My name is Anthony Desiato. For more than a decade, I worked, shopped, and hung out at a New York comic book store called Alternate Realities. Today, my comic shop is history, but there's a whole world of stores out there. This season on My Comic Shop History, I have been traveling to comic book stores across the country, town to town, shop to shop, and speaking to the men and women behind the counter. It's all leading to a new documentary film called My Comic Shop Country. The Kickstarter campaign launches in September. Be part of the journey. This episode concludes our New Jersey two-parter and features Fat Moose Comics in Whippany and Dewey's Comic City in Madison. Enjoy! Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This episode, my journey to comic book stores around the country, brings me to Fat Moose Comics in Whippany, New Jersey. To my left, we have current owner, Matt Patusik. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And to my right, we have Fat Moose employee and My Comic Shop History listener turned guest, Sean Hendricks. <laughs> yes, yes, Hallie. Uh, and also, just not employee is too broad of a term. I believe I've been referred to, what was it, Matt, as the... Uh, oh, the no, heart I, and soul of Fat Moose Comics. <laughs> Come on, you know I was going to throw that in there immediately. Well, I was afraid you were going to use the other title I gave you. No, so yeah, I, I didn't want you to say no, that. No, the heart and soul. <laughs> the heart and soul of. Fat we'll Moose. go with yes. The heart and soul of Fat Moose. <laughs> thank you, thank is that the, that's the official title. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have business cards made up any day now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should. I know. Well, at our store, you know, we didn't really have official titles, but the owner Steve was a big fan of the Deadliest Cat Show, so uh-huh. he would give us titles based on that. So I was the deck boss, which. In my estimation, was the rough equivalent of manager, so that's what I went right. with on resumes and things like that. But uh, that's that's yes, cute. But boss. heart and soul carries a lot more weight. I yeah. believe <laughs> the title on your Facebook page is still Register Monkey. Register Monkey at Fat yes. Comics. Yeah, it is. Yes, yes. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is big. You know, the fat moose meets the flat squirrel. Moose and squirrel. Right. Yeah. There's so much that I want to talk to you guys about. But we, we definitely have to address the original owner of the store, because otherwise it would be like oh. talking about alternate realities without talking about Steve Odo. So now, Matt, you are the current owner. This is the third iteration of ownership of yes. Fatmos Comics. The store was founded in 1982 by original owner Elon Strasser. I believe that. I've, I've heard it pronounced thusly. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elon opened the store April 1st, 1982 at the Morris County Mall. Hi, Elon. How are you? Yes, Elon. So... Um, I was fortunate enough, I had the opportunity to speak with him over the phone last night uh, in preparation of this episode. We spoke for almost an hour. We had a great conversation. I loved how unfiltered he was. Is it fair to say that's, uh, that's a, a fair uh, this description industri- of him? Yeah, this industry will do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most definitely. <laughs> it's funny because when I listened to your original episode with Steve Odo, I, I, I really was like, I think I know that guy. <laughs> I worked for Elon for eight years. You know, I was like, I, I, that seems very familiar. Yeah, that's the thing. I got serious Steve Odo vibes talking to him with a dash of Jay Mizell in there, too. It was uh, for listeners of the show, you know both of those names. Uh, so it was, uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. And yes, we talked about how he opened the store in 1982 with $1,000. Yeah. He borrowed money from his pop. 
Yeah. He said that he had, um, he had, had, I think, the fourth in a series of crappy jobs, and he had recently gotten back into comics. This was He was in his early to mid-20s. He had been out of comics for a while, and then he picked up a copy of X-Men. It was during the Days of Future Past storyline. X-Men 142. Yes. See, I told you. I did my homework. <laughs> <laughs> he Actually, he was telling me, I spoke with him Friday night, that he threw out his collection. He did, yeah. Yeah, like a good collection, too. Just Ugh. threw it away. I've heard that story too many times, too. Oh. Yeah, we're talking like classic Marvel titles, the first hundred issues. Yeah, he first hundred X-Men, hundred Avengers, hundred... Oh, man, it, it hurts just saying it. <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to him, though. You know, so he talked about his, again, from 1982 to 2014, he was the one running the ship. I know the store had a number of locations during that time. Four, is that correct? I believe this is, yeah, this is the fourth location. The weirdest location, perhaps. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I want to I wanna get to that. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, one thing that I was struck by, he, again, very unfiltered, and he shared, you know, some of the frustrations that he's encountered, and it's similar to things that I heard from Steve over the years. But ultimately, you know, one thing that I, I came away with was that he was proud of what he built here and that he did, uh, you know, appreciate and enjoy the journey. And he talked about selling the store and how it ended up being a lot more bittersweet than he was expecting it to be. Uh, so he since, after he sold the store, he moved to Seattle. Yes, and uh, I don't know if we want to get into the reasons of why he did. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he followed his heart. Follow your heart and see where you end up, folks. <laughs> followed his heart. <laughs> and he has since ended up opening another comic shop there. He opened Mighty Moose. Mighty Moose, because we own Fat Moose as a name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I guess that's technically he couldn't use Fat Moose. And he's not really that fat anymore. So good job, Elon. Yeah. But yes, Mighty Moose. He's in the... Uh, Factoria Mall in Bellevue, Washington. Again, I took notes, man. Yeah, you really did your homework. <laughs> for once. Yeah, and, and so in doing my research for this, uh, this didn't come up in our conversation, but I, I came across it, I think, either in an article or something like that, that the store did get its name from a nickname that his girlfriend had given him. She called him Moose. Yes, that's what he told me. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I heard it. <laughs> that is when they were trying to come up with a name, she said, well, you're a big fat moose. And they went, okay, sure. <laughs> it's a good name. I like it. That's why we kept it. Yeah. Especially with the history. You know, when, when Scott bought the store from Elon in 2014, right? Um, there was debate. Do we keep the name? Do we change the name? And we decided the name's got history. It's got gravitas. So yeah, it's a brand. Yeah. People know the store. Even if they've never set foot, they go, oh, Fat Moose. I've heard of it. And I go, well, why don't you stop in and give us some money then but, <laughs> but pe people know the name you know it's been around 35 years we just had a a sale slash sketch party a couple weeks ago that's right to celebrate yeah congratulations on 35 years that's <laughs> Thank you. no small feat it's funny though with the moose thing when i heard that it made me think of the king of queens i don't know if you guys ever watched oh, yeah but, <laughs> but there's a character in the first couple seasons then they wrote him out but he always called uh, kevin james character doug he always called him moose ah. moose so that made me think of that so uh, Elon sold the store to a gentleman named Scott in 2014. Scott Hughes, the owner, uh, creator, proprietor, uh, mastermind behind Highlander Games in Booton. And he bought the store. Basically, the store was up for sale for a while because Elon wasn't sure. He goes, do I close it? Do I sell it? What do I do? And just when it looked like we would close because nobody was stepping up to the plate, here comes Scott. Uh, originally from Arizona, right? Yep. Yeah. 
can't hold it against him. But uh, <laughs> he bought the store because he had just opened Highlander and Bootin, and they sold comics and gaming stuff, Magic, Pokemon, Warhammer. It was actually a, a year to the day that he had opened Highlander, he bought Moose. Ah, so he bought it because he didn't want somebody else to buy it and then be competition. He's eight minutes away from here. So he bought it, and I, would, I had already been working here for years. Elon hired me uh, in 2009, I think. And so I sat down with Scott... And I said, do I still have a job you know, when you buy the store? And he goes, no, you know, Elon speaks very highly of you, and it's good to keep a familiar face that the customers know. So, yeah. Against, God, against my urgings. Well, we'll oh, we're coming to that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so um, not only did he keep me on, he gave me more hours, and he gave me a raise. And so then the day came where ownership changed hands. This guy over here shows up <laughs> with daggers <laughs> in his eyes. <laughs> You know, I was uh, I was Scott's comic guy, and him keeping on another comic guy. You know, I was I was a little threatened by that, and and Sean was a little older, so I was like, oh, a little is, is older. He, is he going to know more than me? And then I was like, oh, no, he doesn't know much of anything. So it, <laughs> and was, then, it was fine. And then what happened? <laughs> you realize I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what ended up happening was something very cool. It was uh, me and Sean kind of figured out that we were the perfect counterbalance to each other. Because it seemed like everything I didn't know, he knew, and what little he didn't know, I knew. So we, we ended up actually becoming very good friends and co-workers along the way. It's like Rocky and Adrian, you know, they fill gaps. Got <laughs> yeah, gaps. There you go. <laughs> she got gaps, I got gaps. We you get to gaps. be Adrian. And he's a little mentally irregular. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll take you to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he came in fully like you know well this is our store now who's the, who's the previous guy who was here and i quickly won him over with my my personality <laughs> yeah. and we like a lot of the same stuff it was it was pretty easy yeah we hit it off pretty quick actually i gotta say you know i was here for a good half hour 45 minutes before we started recording and i heard you guys going back and forth and then i was like is this for my benefit or is this what they were like and no. i get the sense it's the latter <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. This is just us. I mean, it, me and him, we never ever pretend to be something we're not. So what you see is what you get with us. And we don't get to see each other that often because usually there's only one of us here. Okay. Yeah. And now he's busy, you know, with the kid and everything else. And I'm busy. I have another job, part time job, and I'm a musician, so I'm I'm gone a lot. And, and uh, it's rare that we're actually both here, so we take advantage of it by just chatting like two old ladies all day. <laughs> And just busting each other's balls as much as possible. Oh, incessantly. <laughs> no, it's great. It um, probably more so than any of the other stores I've been to so far with this season. It reminds me of what the vibe was like with us guys hanging out at alternate realities behind the counter. So Don't I, you miss it? I feel yeah, I really uh, do. I do. It's I, uh, yeah. When yeah. when this store was on the brink of closing before Scott bought it, I was like, what? What am I gonna do? Like this is my home. These are my people. Especially now, even more so since I started doing more hours when Scott took over, and then and then Matt, and when Matt got squished by a car, I did even more hours. And um, I these are my people now. These are my friends. You know, yeah. I, I, a lot of them I talk to outside of the store, or um, we loan each other movies and stuff. And uh, people bring me gifts. Like uh, some one of my customers brought me some action figures recently. I'm downsizing. I know you like the, the toys, you know, and. So then I re-gifted him some other stuff that I was getting rid of, and um, CJ, a couple weeks ago, brought me a bottle of Dewar's, <laughs> which is always appreciated. Oh, yeah, and big shout-out to Gene for my Star Trek figures. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, it's our, it's our, our customer, Gene. We've got, it's just, it's, we've got a great group of people, you know. We've got the, the, the insiders. Like, you know, at, sure. at AR, you had, you know, the, uh, the A-listers of people 
<laughs> yes, yeah. the the friends of the store we call them. Yes. Well, you guys took it a step further. You'd go out for dinner, like what, once a week and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're not at that level yet. Mostly because we can't afford to go out to dinner. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could get a pizza delivered or something, but that's about as far as that's going to go. I mean, to clarify, these were not fancy dinners. We didn't go anywhere crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely was a nice tradition that we all enjoyed. Sean, if you don't mind me asking, did you give any thought to trying to buy the store or buy yes. in- into the store yourself? Oh, yeah. Glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I um, Actually, I, I did try to get the money together to buy the store. And uh, I knew if I did that it would be a, a huge change for me. And I, I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, if I buy the store, you're probably going to leave me because I'm going to have to be at that store a lot to get it to where I want it, to what I envision. Because before working here for Elon, I had worked for 10 years or so at a, a comic shop in Booton called Pegasus Enterprises. Hello, Pat. I know he's going to be listening to this. So right out of high school, I worked there for about 10 or 11 years. Then when he closed up, in 2000, 2001, he recommended I check out Elon's store. He's like, oh, go go visit Fat Moose. Maybe you'll like that place. So I became a customer here. And then, yeah, 2009, he asked me to just work Sundays so he could watch the Giants. And then football, se- yeah, football season ended. And uh, he's like, you want to stay? It's nice having a day off. And then that turned into this now. But I did try to get the money together to buy the store from Elon. It didn't work out. And then... Scott saved saved all of us. <laughs> yeah. Scott kept the store going. Yeah, and you know, my conversation with Elon, he mentioned how he had been looking to sell and he said that there were 17 or 18 people he talked to who had expressed interest in the store but they weren't able to get the money together and then Scott just came in like like you said. I mean, the yeah. universe provided. I will forever be grateful to Scott. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and see, I was on the other end of it because I already worked for Scott. So, and I'm, I remember it was a it was a big battle in his own head of of the whether to take the risk to to go and buy another shop, especially so close to the one he already had. But uh, you know, I I gave him a sound piece of advice, which I which I believe he took, and I told him I said, oh, you know, only a fool is not nervous. And so he, and two days later, he was he was uh, starting the process of buying the place. I'm going to drop another Rockyism. And sometimes you try harder when you're scared. There you go. It's very true. So, and now Matt, so now you've been owning, you've owned the store for just over a year. Yep. Right? Free comic book day marked one year anniversary. Yep. Has it been everything that you thought it would be? <laughs> it has been, it has been very different from, from what I thought it would be. You know, uh, like I, I, I've never been a business guy. I've never owned a business before. I wasn't ready for everything that happens, you know, behind the scenes, insurances and taxes and all that other stuff. But, uh, you know, and my learning process got uh, stunted a little bit by me not being able to come to my own shop for a long time in, in my first year. Yeah, so on that note, so let's get into this. I want to talk about uh, where you guys are located. So you're, you're, in, <laughs> you're, you're in Whippany, New Jersey. Yes. Right? You are on the second floor. You are above a dry cleaner, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, which is a lot of fun because they have all of that machinery and... It's like a free massage sometimes. Well, people who who aren't <laughs> used to the store will come in and all of a sudden like the big clothing rack or whatever will engage and the whole floor rumbles and there's a sound and people are like, what is going on? Is There's an earthquake, a train's coming through. Go, it's a dry cleaner. You get used to it. I actually had a customer hit the floor once because she thought it was thunder and she is <laughs> deathly afraid of thunder. And then she just stood up with this face and she was like, well, I guess you know I'm afraid of thunder now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you're on the second floor, and and to get here, there's a, a somewhat steep staircase. For anyone who has been to Manhattan and has been to Midtown Comics, ah, yes, it's kind of like that Midtown Comics staircase. Yep. 
So what happened to you, sir? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I got a. Uh... I got into a bit of an accident in the in the uh, in the parking lot. I was helping the UPS guy bring our our delivery of new comics for the weekend, and a car decided to back up without ever looking and just completely smashed my leg and broke it and busted it wide open. And it was a very bad scene for for many months. I wasn't actually physically able to come into my brand new store that I owned for four months. And it, so this was like right at the beginning. I, yeah, it was only owner for two months when it happened. Yeah, that's a really tough break. Yeah, <laughs> literally. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, you know, break his balls and tell him we're going to put one of those automatic chairs that, that climb the railing up the stairs or put in a dumbwaiter or something, you know, because the, the stairs are no joke. I, I've had customers complain. I mean, our UPS guy hates the stairs every mm -hmm. Tuesday when he brings the books. It's cardio, you know. How many boxes are we talking here? Because for those who don't know, there's the, the large outer box and then two smaller inner boxes. So, like, as far as the big boxes, how many roughly are we talking? Uh, you typically say, like, seven of those big ones. And, gotcha. And then maybe, you know, like, another uh, another statue or figure box, something like that. Posters, which they're easy to carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, I mean, not a small haul for this uh No, for this those UPS boxes guy. are heavy. <laughs> yeah. Our UPS guy, is, he's, he hates us. He, he periodically asks us, like, when are you moving back to the other spot? <laughs> when, are you, when are you guys going back to the mall where I didn't have to deal with your stairs? But he is very fit now. Oh, because, thanks to us. Yeah, he gets sure. a workout every week. We should, we should start charging him for that. <laughs> yeah, you're really doing him a favor, really. Oh, yeah, really. When you look at it. Well, hey, Matt, I mean, hey, you're welcome. I mean, Matt, you did do him a favor and uh, didn't work yeah. out so well. Yeah, that that was the last time I ever attempted it. Well, I, I mean, I still couldn't even do it if I wanted to today. I still... I'm a little slow on the stairs still, and I, I still can't really walk and carry that much still. I'm still in physical therapy. so uh, But I'm, I'm getting better. It's getting there. I, I still, even a year later, I'm still not able to work as many hours as I want to or I used to. But, you know, it's uh, I've kind of just given into the process at this point and just said, oh, it'll, it'll be what it'll be, and I just got to keep working through it. Well, like I always said, it was, it was a terrible accident, and, uh, but it could have been worse. It could have been me. <laughs> always I that. will never get tired of that, Matt. <laughs> uh, I tell you, you know how many times I thought to myself, man, if I had just called in sick that day and said, hey, Sean, can you go to the shop today for me? I wonder how things would have worked I out I would have leapt right over that car, Spider-Man style. You would have never been down there to help him. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's not my job. One of, the, uh, one of the reviews I came across called the... Uh, entrance and the staircase creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you respond to that? <laughs> I I like to look at our entrance as I, I call us the reverse of Cheers. You know, you went down the stairs to your your little home under the ground in Cheers, and but now you have to come up the stairs to your little uh, second floor home of, of Fat Moose. Well, when Scott bought the place, the first thing we did was repaint everything, try and brighten it up. Um, the windows had all been covered by slapboard for maximum book display you know so we cut those out to get some natural light in here because yeah it did have a kind of odd snuff film vibe because <laughs> you come in and the doors around back there's not even a front entrance you go around back and it's this little narrow staircase i've had people come up the stairs very slowly like kind of peeking over the railing mm -hmm. like is this is this a comic book store i heard this is a comic book store i'm like yes come on in but once you enter into the store itself it's it's bright it's clean it's you know well stocked we we try to keep it well, we try to keep it. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great shop. I was telling you guys this before we started recording. 
I noticed that you separate the uh, single issues and the trades by publisher, mm-hmm. which I know you said that was a little bit of a discussion. Yeah, you know, well, not on my part, more on more on Sean's part. The the discussion <laughs> happened, but uh, I'm a contrarian. <laughs> I I just very much like the organization of you know being able to find you know if you know what you're looking for, you can be able to find it and. There's nothing that says you can't go look around at other sections just because you're not specifically looking for for that thing. So I try to do a good job, you know, of um, mixing in little things. Like you see, I'll, I'll put some little uh, bust banks or something above it, you know, just something else to maybe draw somebody over to there that wouldn't regularly go to that section. No, I mean, I think it works well. And you have a nice mix of stuff, too. So in addition, of course, to the single issues and uh, trades, you also have your back issue bins, a uh, nice selection of action figures and statues as well, which, as I've come to find, a lot of stores have seemed to have pulled back on the statues a bit. That's at least what I've been encountering. Uh, you know, uh, I probably should a little bit more, but I am a huge statue guy myself. I, I have six glass cases at my house full of statues, nice. and I, I've been a big statue collector for a long time, so... That's just a, one of my own passions that I just try to share with everybody else. But we, we don't move a lot of statues, but it's, it's fun when you do. Because you get a statue and you know this specific customer is going to want that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they come in and you go, hey, 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 look at this. And they go, oh, man, how much is it? And you go, don't worry about how much it is. Just give me your credit card. We're, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. And that does happen a lot with those. <laughs> we have uh, one or two customers. We shall not name them. But they have, um, they're statue guys, but they have to smuggle them into their house. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the, the wives don't like it. So it'll be like, well, my wife is out of town tonight. I got three statues in the trunk of my car. I can sneak into the display case while she's not home. <laughs> that makes me sad. Really. But that's their cross to bear, I suppose. <laughs> Going back to the store, so uh, roughly how many square feet are we talking? You know, that's probably something I should know, but I have, the, I have absolutely no idea. Go get the tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll measure it real quick. Yeah, I have no, yeah, that, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I was, I was especially interested to visit Fat Moose and talk to you guys is the fact that this is a, well, now a third generation of, of ownership and uh, of such a long-standing store. Uh, you know, it's an interesting wrinkle in, in all of this. And so, you know, again, I was I was going through some of the reviews. One of the ones that I found said that the new owners turned uh, a cluttered 90s-style shop into a modern comic book utopia. I have not seen that. Well, that's a good Who one. Who yeah, that? I have not seen that one either. <laughs> I just made it up. No, oh, I was going to say, Matt, have you been writing reviews of your store again? Oops. <laughs> no, it is there. I, oh, wow. Either Facebook or Yelp. It's on one of the Oh, two. Yelp. See, I never check Yelp. That's yeah. The, yeah. I'm All very right, thorough in my prep. I, that, that was, that's what makes you the best, man. Hey, aren't you in charge of internet stuff? Shouldn't you have checked Yelp? <laughs> yeah. What's Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> but how do you guys feel about a, a review like that? I mean, and if I mean, if you do, you know, believe what it says. I mean, what are some of the choices that you guys made or changes that you made um, that might have contributed to that? You know, well, first of all, it, it makes me feel pretty good to hear a review like that because uh, me and Sean both work. Uh, as hard as we possibly can in the time we have on, on this shop. And it's a big point of pride for both of us. I mean, we like to keep it clean and organized and and make sure that you are as comfortable and have a good as time in here as you possibly can. So, I mean, all the changes we've made, I, I out of all the changes, I think the biggest thing was just me and Sean. I mean, I, I mean it, it's just us and I guess the attitude we have of, 
of, hey, man, when you're here, you're family. You know, like they're going to get sued by Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just go talking like that. <laughs> yeah, what maybe is, like when you're it? here, we're friends. Yeah, there you go. Oh, what is, is when that? you're here, we tolerate you. No. <laughs> See again, what is that like a commercial or something? I don't. I have no idea, man. I've never seen it. <laughs> I take you to dinner at Olive Garden. I don't really watch any TV either, <laughs> yeah, so that's I don't true. know. If it's not on Netflix, but I don't no, see we it. we really do go out of our way to be engaged with the customer. You know, um, you always say hi when they come in, greet them, and then don't immediately be like, "Can I help you? What do you need? What are you looking for?" Let them wander around, and then I always say, "Hi, how you doing? If you have any questions or need help finding something, let me know." And uh, we never go for the hard sell, except for the guys we know we can get them. Like some of our regulars, <laughs> I I know, like, oh, hey, look at this Green Arrow statue, Doug. You like Green Arrow. Buy this. And he's like, ah, oh, you jerk. All right, give it. <laughs> it's like we, we have this one guy who, who really loves Harley Quinn stuff, so he buys mostly everything with Harley Quinn on it. And so, like, on those days, when a new Harley Quinn statue comes in, instead of putting it over on the counter, uh, uh, like on one of the regular statue displays, I'll put it, like, right next to the register. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just kind of, like, lean next to it when he comes in. I'll be like, oh, hey, look at this. <laughs> Were there any specific store policies that you guys adjusted, either in terms of ordering, pull system, anything like that? I mean, I, I try to carry as much as I possibly can. You know, every little indie title I think there's going to be any type of interest in, any oddball thing that nobody's heard of but I think somebody might be interested in, I, I try to carry as much as possible. Bites me in the butt a lot, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I try to be as, as broad as possible. I, I'd say... Probably, uh, I probably carry more titles than than most comic book shops do. I would say, and more like independent stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he lets me pick out the weird stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, that that goes back to what I was saying before: how we counterbalance each other perfectly. Because he always lets me know of these weird things that would not even be on my radar, and then half the time I end up collecting them too. You know, jerk. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> But as far as policies, you know, with box holders, we've got a lot of them. And it's like any other store. Like, I was just listening to the episode with Pack Rat Comics, and they were talking about that, that image that went viral of the, was it, $1,400 worth yeah. of unsold books. That happens here, too. It happens everywhere. You've experienced it at Alternate Reality. That was a big reason for Steve's rant when he closed, when he announced the closing. That's it's, right. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I love having a guest on the show who's listened to the episodes. I'm, I'm all oh, in, man. man. I'm all in. This is great. <laughs> Whereas old man Matt over here goes... So, what's a podcast again? <laughs> I, I, that, and that is the truth. I actually had to ask him what a podcast was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have that, too. You know, we have those customers who, who leave you hanging. We had a, a young guy come in months ago, full in. He's like, I want every DC title, Rebirth, both covers. And he's coming in every week and picking up the stack of books every week. Nah, no, a week goes by. He's not in. All right. Uh -huh. Two weeks go by. Three weeks. Finally, I call him up. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been busy at work. But I'll, be, I'll be by this week. Another week goes by, and then we finally we call and we're like, we're, we have your credit card number. That's part of the policy. And if you don't buy your stuff within, was it 60 days? Yeah, if you don't show up or at work, at least try to contact me in 60 days, then we normally will charge out the box and then put it on hold until you say otherwise. Except for when it's not a valid credit card number. <laughs> Which happens very often, too. Does it? Yeah, we're all we're, we all suffer from that. Every comic shop, man, it's it's. Yeah, I mean that that last guy he was talking about that was that was over six hundred bucks. He screwed me on that guy alone. Yeah. So hey, 
guys, don't do that, all right? No, that's, that, <laughs> it, I mean, that probably is true. That is probably has to be the hardest thing that comic shops deal with because, you know, you're putting out the money for all these things first and then it's never coming back. And and and, and, it's, and it stinks, especially when it's, you know, a customer that you've come to know a little bit and, and you're friendly with and then all of a sudden, boom, they're just gone and never come back. It's def- I mean, that's come up in every episode that I've done. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised. I know it is. I know firsthand what a challenge that can be. You know, in talking to Elon, he um, characterized his relationship with the customers as a bit of a, a love-hate one, <laughs> which is something I'm very familiar with having spent all of that time working for Steve. What he specifically pinpointed, though, uh, was slightly different. He was talking about uh, spending a lot of time with customers, making recommendations, sharing his expertise, his knowledge, his passion, and again, making these recommendations and having people just walk out or promise to come back but never return. Is that a, a, a pet peeve that you guys share as well, or is that not as much of an issue for you? You know, I don't really think that there's much of an issue for us. I I haven't really... Mostly when, when somebody asks me for, for a suggestion and I give it to them, I'd probably say at least eight times out of ten, they're probably taking me up on that suggestion. Because, again, it all, well, it all goes back to how honest me and Sean are. I mean, if, if I think something stinks, just because I'm selling it, I'm not going to tell you it's good. I'm going to say, I think it stinks. Maybe you'll, <laughs> th- maybe you'll think different. I don't know. But my personal opinion, I don't like this. I like this instead. So, I, I you know... I always say, you know, honesty is the best policy, and I, I, I do that for everything. I'm just very upfront with everybody. You'll never have to ask me how I feel about something, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. You know, the weird thing is, is you said before how our location's a little strange. Doors around back, we're above a dry cleaner. Um, so it, it always, I always wonder about customers who come in and they've never been in before. Like, this isn't a store you stumble across. If you're coming in here, it's because you found it, you want to see it you you know you're not gonna brave the stairway of doom just you know as a looky-loo so these people come in and they'll walk around the store for an hour and i say you know if you need help or anything let me know okay and look around the whole store top to bottom and then just walk out and i always think there's not one thing in the store that (laughs) interests that is that is a thought that i run across (laughs) it's like you made the effort to find us you walked up those stairs you spent an hour like anytime i go to another comic shop even if I spend five dollars, I buy something because I know I know the business and I know yep. you know. Um, so yeah, I always I always have that moment where I want to almost grab him by the door and be like, "Hey, what happened? <laughs> like, is there there's nothing here that interests <laughs> you at all? You know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I know you said you're you're in the process of listening to the Pack Rat episode. That actually comes up, I think, a little bit later on in the episode, where one of the owners shares that exact same really because where they're located too. I mean, they're on on the street level but still it's not like in a major shopping plaza or something like that it's a little little tucked away a little out of the way so it's the sort of thing if you're coming there like you've made an effort right to go. exactly yeah when we were in the pine plaza it's an outdoor mall and so you get a lot of foot traffic because people would walk by and be like oh what kind of store is that and they walk in like oh look at isn't that cute oh look at that and then they walk out and it's to be expected because they were just curious because something caught their eye and but this is a destination, <laughs> you know. What I mean, so to come in and and just not even walk in and look around, and be like, oh, oh, you don't sell Magic the Gathering. I get that. Okay, you're looking for gaming stuff. We don't carry gaming stuff. We leave that up to Highlander, and they leave the comic book stuff up to us. But uh, to come in and really scour the store and look at everything, and then go, okay, goodbye. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> it's like that's 
I try not to take it personally. <laughs> I, I, I do a little bit sometimes. Well, you take I, everything I guess personally. I <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I make a lot of effort to try to get as many things as possible in here that, that could appeal to as many people. And then when somebody does that same thing, spends an hour and finds nothing, then I'm like, well, crap, am I bad at my job? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this store is similar to another shop that is featured this season on the podcast, uh, The Comic Book Shop in Wilmington, Delaware. Similar situation where there were original owners who left, and I think there was someone in, in between the original and, and the current owners. They're a husband and wife team. The sense that I got, they were very diplomatic, but the sense that I got was that when the original owner left, it was a change that was welcomed by the uh, community of customers uh, where they are. I'm curious for for you, I mean, again, I know, you know, it was uh, Elon and then Scott and then you, but that change in ownership when Elon left specifically after decades, what was the response of the customers? Did you find most, <laughs> well, <laughs> Matt, Matt, diplomacy. <laughs> Listen, you know what? We've had enough diplomacy on this season. We Have actually, well, you know what? I, I was here, you know, working with Elon for Elon. And then when Scott took over, several of our customers had said, you know what, Elon's leaving. I don't know who these new people are. I'm not that enthused about comics anymore. I'm going to drop out. And I kept them. I said, you know, stick around. Trust me. At least see what happens here. So I don't think we lost anybody when Elon left. What we did do is gain people back. People who in the past had had, you know, falling out with Elon over one thing or another or just didn't enjoy the shopping experience or whatever. Um and they would kind of peek in and be like, hey, I heard, uh, heard there's a new owner. And, and we picked up a lot of box holders like that. And it's nothing against Elon at all. It's just people were curious about the regime change. And hey, You know what? Honestly, I'd, I'd probably have to say a lot of that was due to Scott because Scott, oh, yeah. Scott is probably like the, the nicest, friendliest guy you could ever meet. They grow him like that in Arizona. He's he's so friendly that like when you first meet him, you might be like, "Well, oh, what's up with this guy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because see, well, that's what I did. I, yeah. He was so friendly. I thought he was like being fake at first, and then you come to know him for a little while, and you're like, "Oh no, he really is just like he's the nicest that, he's guy." He's that earnest, and that, uh, you know, we're Jersey guys, yeah. so you come I'm at us all nice. Yeah, you come yeah. at us all nice and friendly. You're like, all right, what's his angle? What's yep. this guy? What's this guy trying to do? You know, <laughs> most certainly. <laughs> So uh, there are a couple other stores from Jersey that that are featured this season on the podcast. What is your relationship like with the other stores in the area? Contentious. No. <laughs> We're friends with everybody. I mean, before I worked here and, and then became owner, I, I used to go to these other places. I mean, uh, Zap was pretty much my main store that I used to go to personally. And uh, and I used to frequent funny books on, on, a, on a pretty regular basis, too. I... I, I I'm not a very competitive person, so I don't really even view other stores as competition. I I truly want all of us to be successful because I love comics. I want them to be around. It's so funny. Store after store, I just hear about how everybody gets along, everybody's friends. Where are these? Where are the feuds? Uh, well, there's there's no money in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I go to Zap all the time. I stop in because when Pegasus closed. In early 2000s, I was living in Lincoln Park. Zap Comics is in Wayne right next door. So I said, I guess I'll start shopping at Zap. And uh, it was Pat from Pegasus said, well, before you do that, go check out Elon. His store's a little further away for you, but he's a friend of mine. That's how this all started. But when this store was in danger of closing, when we didn't have a buyer, I went over to Zap and Ben was asking me, uh, what's going on over there? I said, I don't know. We might be closing. And he offered me a job. He said, well, if the store closes, I know you know what you're talking about. You know, uh, I've known you for years. Just I'll hire you here. 
which I still hold over Matt's head sometimes. I go, I'll just, I'm going to leave here and just go get a job over there. <laughs> I, I, I've called his bluff several times. <laughs> several, every, every damn anywhere. time he yeah. calls my bluff. <laughs> but no, I, I visit Zap. I pop into funny books sometimes. Um, I mean, I go to Zap. If we're short on a book, like Diamond really screwed up back in February and messed up all our numbers. So I was shooting over to Zap and I, I told Ben, I'm like, they, 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 they screwed us. Can I pick up some stuff? And he, he was selling me stuff for our store at cost because yeah, I mean, he's a small guy. Where else? Where else do I go? Where do I go? Dewey's? Any experience I've with been Dewey's? to Dewey's a couple times, but I'm, I'm really never in that area, you know? But that's a nice store. I've been in there a few times. I try to visit every place. I finally got to the Joker's Child for the first time a couple months ago. Oh, I, I yes. used to go there, too. I, I, I frequented there a few Speaking times. Speaking of statues, my God, they got a lot of statues there. So, <laughs> Joker's Child, they are not featured on the podcast, but they were in my comic shop documentary because they were our Bowen statue yeah. hookup. Yeah. That's where we got our statues from. And so, I actually, I mean, I went there, obviously, to film. Uh, what What's your take on, on that store? I was only in there once, but they were friendly. It's a big store. It's organized. I liked it. But again... I'm here a lot, and my girlfriend likes to spend time with me, go figure. So I can't be like, well, I'm not at the comic shop today, but I'm going to go to these other comic shops. <laughs> so um, I, I, there's a few more stores that I haven't been to ever or in a long time that I'd like to check out. Now, in all seriousness, it is great to hear that there is that community, that network of, of comic book stores. Any experience with, since we're in Jersey, uh, Jay and Silent Bob, Secret Stash? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to leave it at that? No, no. I, I like the stash. It's it's a nice pop culture store. It's a nice store if you're a Kevin Smith fan. Would If I lived in the area, would it be my weekly comic book store? Probably not. And and they know it. I've been down there a few times and spoken with Mike Zapsik. Yeah, I don't think that's what they try to do. You know, They, they don't he's try even, to be that weekly no, comic he's, place. Yeah, he's even told me, you know, he knows me not by name. He knows me as, oh, the guy from Fat Moose, because I'll pop in down there. They're, yeah, like I said, a pop culture store. They have their pull customers, and they do right by them and everything. But as far as variety for your weekly comics, they don't carry near as many titles as I think they should. But Zapsik's always very friendly. Um, you wanted some some drama? I'll give you drama. Walt Flanagan's always just mean. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've gone down there, and I was like, hey, hey, Walt Flanagan. But Zapsick's always really friendly. Ming is always really friendly. Um, Brian Johnson is only there for the TV show, so I, I don't really haven't met him. But uh, again, we go down, you know, I pop down there, and uh, I'll, I'll shoot the shit with Zapsick for a good hour about comics and everything. He's always He's very knowledgeable and very friendly. If I lived down there, I mean, maybe I would have a pull list there. But, uh, well, you've been there. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You got me doing all this talking. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I, I share that sentiment. I think it's a great Kevin Smith slash View Askew store. Right. They have all props from the movie and memorabilia, all the View Askew merchandise, the shirts, the figures. And, you know, I mean, I, I am a Kevin Smith fan. And in my high school and college years, I was a really big Kevin Smith fan. And I remember the summer after my first year of college, my buddy and I, we made a pilgrimage there. And we loved it. Like, it was great just taking in everything from the movies. But yes, I agree. I think as a pure comic shop, it might not offer as much as, as what you guys do in, a, in other stores in the area. I think that the real draw is that it's Kevin Smith's store. Right. I mean, that's the one thing we pride ourselves on is comic books actual com we don't sell gaming stuff um when matt bought the store from scott they had an agreement that highlander can do the gaming and we'll sell the comics because they were like eight minutes away from us there's no point in trying to be all things to all people i mean also i've i've never been uh 
I mean, I, I love video games. I'm a big video game guy, but I have never been uh, a card gaming or anything else. And I like to know what I sell. I like to be a, an expert in whatever I'm going to sell and recommend the people. So that was really part of the decision to, to do just fully X games out. Here. <laughs> we don't know anything about gaming. No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. Yeah, me three. So uh, <laughs> that was always something at Alternate Realities. You know, we, we carried Magic and Hero Clicks and D&D uh, &D and all that stuff. And whenever someone would come in with a question... I would always hope that one of the other guys was there who was yep. into that. If not, they're really other than oh, this is the newest one. <laughs> no much. Yeah, I don't. I, I I have way too many uh, hobbies as it is. I can't. When when we were doing gaming at the store, Scott would sometimes try to draw me in. He'd be like, "Hey, check this out: Star Wars miniatures, Star Wars game." And I'm like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" And um, he couldn't even get me with the Star Trek miniatures, man. Uh, so you know that's serious. Well, he, I came close. I came close to gaming, and then I realized I really don't have the time. I don't have them. I have the interest, but I have neither the time nor the money to do it. You mentioned before Diamond messing up your numbers. Ugh. I, I want to hear about that. But first, you know, Diamond generally, and also, Sean, when we spoke on the phone in advance of this, you mentioned this uh, Diamond secret shopper <laughs> oh. business. <laughs> oh, I love the these. absolute biggest joke that uh, they do. So just to set up, stores uh, can get their books on Tuesday. Wednesday is new comic day. So Tuesday, you can get your books. You can break down your shipment, put everything out. You're not allowed to sell anything, though, until Wednesday. Right. So what are, what are these Diamond secret shoppers? I can't believe you never experienced one. We never, as far as I know, we never had oh, one. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it really is. What they'll do, um, they'll send somebody to your store to report on your store. Was it clean? Were they friendly? If were they listening to music, or if they had a TV on, was it something appropriate? Um, you know, were they helpful? Blah blah blah. So what they do, somebody will come into the store on a Tuesday. Mostly, all it is is they want to make sure you're not selling the books a day early. That's all it is, and they they couch it. And like, we're helping you to, to take an outside view of your store because, yeah. you know, you're inside the store. You, this is to help you run a better store. No, it's to make sure you're not selling the damn books a day early. So they'll come in and they will look around and then ask for a very specific book that's coming out the next day. You know, do you have Batman number 16? And what you have to do is say, um, well, we do. It's available tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be right there on the shelf. We open at 11 a.m. if you'd like. I could put one behind the counter for you with your name on it. <clears throat> and they go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then they never come back. Yep. And then uh, within a week, you get an email from Diamond. It would be efficient if it was within a week. Um, the first one I received was three months later. Oh, well, they send you an email eventually. Yeah. <laughs> telling you about your store. The secret shopper basically reports, you know, were they friendly? Was it clean? Were they, you know, um, and it's total BS. <laughs> it's really... <laughs> The one report that we had uh, <laughs> that, that we had gotten, this is before I was owner, uh, when Scott was still owner, uh, it actually named me in the report and and said, "Oh, Matt was rude." I I wasn't here that day. <laughs> I, I was actually off, and and it was Sean doing the polls well, that day. I so. think it was very well, rude of you to not be here. <laughs> uh, in my def in your defense, I did tell her my name was Matt. I yeah. <laughs> I, I am pretty sure that is what happened. But uh. no, see, they always get the report wrong. The last yeah. one we had. She said that the TV wasn't on, and it was, and she said I didn't greet her. No, they said we didn't even have a TV. Oh, they, right. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a point-of-sale system, which is sitting right on the, the counter. There's the register with our the diamond Which select. is the actual diamond point-of-sale system. The very yeah. expensive diamond point-of-sale system. Yeah, is it still like five grand to set that up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite thing is to call out a secret shopper. 
and I've done it on occasion. I think I've always been right. So a, a, a lady was in months ago, and she asked for a very specific book. And first things first, I had my back to where I was doing the polls. I said hi, and then I turned around. I heard a camera click from her phone. I turned around, I'm like, hi, did you, did you just take my picture? <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, no, no, I'm taking a picture for my husband. He, he's a gamer, and I thought he'd like to see the story. I go, oh, that's cool. We don't sell gaming stuff. So yeah. immediately, I'm like, my spider sense started kicking in. I'm like... So she asked a couple questions about, oh, you know, do you have this or that for sale? I was like, they'll be on sale tomorrow. And I said, so what's it like being a secret shopper for Diamond? And she's like, a what now? A what? A who? <laughs> and so I very specifically and <laughs> just drew it out, explained exactly what Diamond is, how they operate, what a secret shopper is, what their job is. And the whole time I see her like, Ugh, he called me out. I just want to get out of here. But she wouldn't. Let it go. She wouldn't drop it. You know, like she wouldn't tell me, yes, you're right. So I just sat there and meticulously spilled for like a 20 minute rant, explained the whole <laughs> system to her. And I was like, so I'll see you tomorrow for that issue of Batman. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I won't. I was like, take your secret shopper out of here. Right? And so then weeks went by and I was like, man, maybe I was wrong. And then, boom, we got the email. I'm like, I was right, secret mm -hmm. shopper. <laughs> and did they address your outing her in the, in the report? They, no, not they at didn't. all. No. Damn it. <laughs> I have to yeah, try harder it, next time. But it was funny because, you know, it, it's basically, I guess, like a questionnaire that they make them fill out because it's all the same questions every time. And it's like, were there boxes all around the store? No. Well, yeah, there actually was because we were in the middle of doing all the polls. The, the floor was littered with boxes. And oh, no, but there's no TV or cash register. Like, what? I, it, it's just, it, it's such a waste of time <laughs> that they even do it. It's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. I have so many questions about this. I mean, are they actual Diamond employees or are they people that they just hire out and then they have them fill out this questionnaire? I think they just hire them out. I don't think they're Diamond employees. They I have, think it's like a freelance kind of thing. They have those companies now that were they, the, the secret shopper things and also like all these other companies go and hire this one company for their secret shoppers you know what strikes me as most egregious about this that if you offer to hold the book for them they'll say yes and then they'll just never come back yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> what the hell <laughs> i love it I, I wish we got a secret shoppers more often they're so much fun to mess with <laughs> so if you're a retailer out there well, that's the second thing how many of these have you had like three or four you must be on a list somewhere. It's How do you like, get it? Because it's rent. Well, I, mean, I think. We well, it was change in ownership. You know, uh, uh, that's new, true. new person coming in. They wanted to send somebody to check on them. You know, uh, Diamond had a problem for a little while, apparently, with people faking a store and 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 getting accounts that shouldn't have one. Right, stuff so like you could that. get the discount, so, right, but yep. not have an actual right, like store pretending front. to have yeah. a store and then just literally selling comics out of the trunk of your car. Yep. You know. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't even say this, but when AR was closing, a few of us talked about doing that, like just <laughs> like pooling together and opening a diamond account so we could still get our stuff at a at a discount. But uh, so if you're a retailer out there and you you know you're maybe concerned, I mean you shouldn't be concerned, you shouldn't be selling the books early. But if you want to be able to spot one of these diamond secret shoppers, what should you keep your eye out for? It's the the language, pretty much, because I mean. It, it's so easy to tell that the people don't even know the the comics that they're asking for, or sometimes they'll be checking like the list on their phone that that Diamond has sent them, and they're like, "Do you have uh, Justice League twenty <laughs> seven? And I'm like, "Yeah, tomorrow I do." <laughs> but I, I, I'm a very literal person anyway, so I mean. My box holders come in here and they're like, oh man, I'm going away tomorrow. I'm like, well, I guess you'll pick them up next week then. And <laughs> rules are rules, man. I, 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 don't, I don't break them for anybody. 
it'd be fun to mess with them and be like, uh, oh, you're looking for Justice League 27? Man, can you believe what happened in Justice League 26? And then like just make up <laughs> oh, something. That's like, brilliant. That's right? brilliant. I'm going to do that next time. I'm, I'm that shocked time. that you haven't done that already, uh, sir. Well, you know. Tuesdays are busy, man. I don't always have time to really mess with a secret shopper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I you know uh, oh you know why we never had one I can I can tell you we were closed on Tuesdays ah uh, there you go that was the day that we were so that was it oh that's why there you go see we stay open just in case I mean you know Tuesdays are slow but if we're gonna be here physically anyway to do right. the polls yeah why not we might have as the well store be open, open. Yeah. I, I keep it closed on Mondays for the summer one less day to run the AC <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Monday and Tuesday usually your quietest days exactly anyway, yeah e- easily yeah. So now what happened with this business of them messing up your numbers? <sighs> Diamond is <laughs> special. <laughs> Diamond is very special. I, yep. There's I, only one of There's a monopoly. That's there's it. Only one How is this even allowed? <laughs> uh, yeah. I d- well, it's, it's, it's allowed because in the end, it's only a, a multi-million dollar industry. If, if comics was a multi-billion dollar industry, somebody would take Diamond apart. But there's not enough money in, in, it, in it as a whole. But Diamond is... Diamond has to be the worst company I've ever dealt with, to, to be quite hey, hey, honest. Uh, what if they hear this? I hope they do, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, it. it I, I just finally got an email the other day, three days ago, that I finally have another customer rep that I haven't had since last November. And, and a lot of the screw-ups that have happened in the numbers would have been caught by a customer rep before they ever happened. Because my previous rep used to catch all that stuff and call me immediately and be like, hey, did you mean to do this? Or I see these numbers are messed up. Do you want to change it? And it just seems like uh, Diamond doesn't know which way is up a lot of the times. You're not the first store I've spoken to that has addressed uh, having a lot of reps in a short amount of time. So, I mean, in, in the year plus that you've owned the store, how many reps have you gone through? Well, after I lost my original one, then I got a replacement a couple months later, and that lasted a week before Diamond sent me a letter and said that person no longer worked for the company. And then it's it, it was been, what, another three, four months, and now I finally just got another one. So we'll see how long this one lasts. Uh, uh, I'm not going to have a lot of hope that it's going to be a long-term thing, but we'll see. I mean, the reps who you have dealt with, what has that relationship been like? The first rep I had was he was great. I mean, he Tom. was Tom, Tom at Diamond. <laughs> yeah, Tom at Diamond was a was an excellent guy. I mean, he he was the one who called me for everything. And uh, sometimes when I was doing the order, you know, because always at the last second I'm doing the month's order. Yeah, uh, but, you uh, should do with them sooner, sir. <laughs> but but you know, uh, sometimes you know, late at night after staring at that screen for a good four hours, uh, sometimes my fat finger hits the wrong button and. Instead of ordering two statues, I order 32. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> and, and, and Tom would immediately call me the next morning and be like, you did not mean to order 32, right? And I was like, no, 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 I did not. <laughs> Please do not send me 32. So in that case, it was a matter of you enter the wrong number, but then there was nobody there to, to yeah. catch it. Yeah, because they don't have anybody reviewing you know, the, the accounts that they have. So a lot of stuff just goes unnoticed. I've told this story at least once, maybe twice on the podcast, but I love it, so I tell it again. At Alternate Realities one time, we used to order comic shop news, and they would come in bundles of 50, mm-hmm. and so Steve would always order one bundle of 50, 
One time he was doing the order form, probably late at night, very tired. Instead of ordering one bundle of 50, he ordered, he just typed in 50, 50 bundles of 50. <laughs> oh boy. And they were able to correct it for the following week. Mm-hmm. But for that one week, we, we had a lot of comic shop. We were giving out that one issue of comic shop news for months. <laughs> but, you know, our frustration was, and we had a rep, and he had a good relationship with the rep, I think, at that time. Nobody caught that. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, that that should have been oh, caught that, right away. That reminds me, would you like to buy a, a heavily discounted Doctor Strange action figure? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, when, uh, when the Doctor Strange movie was about to come out, I saw Doctor Strange figures on the order form, and I said, oh, geez, these, these might be a thing. So I, uh, you know, I, I ordered a case of them, thinking it was uh, two cases, actually, right now. Three. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I ordered three cases of these figures, thinking it was all six of them in, 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 in miscellaneous. Yeah. And nope, it was three cases of the same Doctor Strange action figure. So yes, I, I have deep discounts on uh, on a Doctor Strange movie action figure. Come on, you like Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Who doesn't like Benedict Cumberbatch? I mean, the movie was good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we ended up with three cases of the very same figure. Yeah, see, and see, that's, a, that's another example of something that that my old account rep would have caught and never would have happened if I had any type of consistency with my account at all. Yeah, but I look at the bright side. You just got all your Christmas shopping done. You know what everybody's getting for Christmas this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody should know in advance. Everyone's getting Doctor Strange Cum- this year. Cumberbatch for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I feel very much at home here. What other pet peeves you guys have? What? <laughs> Oh, well, Sean has a freaking laundry list. Are you kidding? I'm a sweetheart, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the one with the nickname Grumpy Matt, am I? <laughs> It, my, I, I, I am often called Grumpy Matt, and it is, it is mistakenly so, because my grumpiness, I'm not actually grumpy, I'm honest, and people mistake honesty for grumpiness a lot of the times. Like I said before, you're, you're never going to have to ask me where you stand with me, because I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the two comic shop owners I've spent the most time with and the most time filming and writing about are, are Steve Odo and Jay Mizell, and both of them you know, have been described as lovable curmudgeons. And I, I think that's an accurate description. But I think it all just comes from the honesty. I mean, they will they will tell yep. you what they think, good or bad. But it's, you know, ultimately, I think, coming from a good place. It mostly <laughs> comes from a good place. Well, that's another fine example of how Sean also calms me down sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes when Sean sees that I am about to say or do something that I probably shouldn't, he kind of just nudges me to the side, and he's like, "Okay, I'll deal with this person." Yeah, exactly. I've seen I've seen him come close to the edge a few times. <laughs> yeah, it it happens. It's you know saying edge that brings me to to my next thing. So, in going to all of these stores, one theme that has emerged, especially among the newer stores, is this idea of creating a more welcoming environment and atmosphere. You know, this this uh, place of inclusion and, and all of that, making sure everyone feels comfortable. And I know that's important for you guys, too. And we've talked about that. But a little part of me feels like a, you got to have like a little bit of, of edge. And I feel like you guys have struck a bit of a balance here. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, we we do kind of skew to what the person you know is like too. You know, if if a person's a little more edgy, yeah, we we, we turn the volume all the way up and we, we give it to you. If a person's a little more reserved, you know, we we respect that too, and right. we'll throw in a little more mild jokes. I mean, you're still going to get the jokes either way, but uh, you know, we'll we'll tone them down a little bit depending on your personality. Yeah, if children come in the store, we press pause on the Deadpool movie because you know we're not <laughs> animals. But I do think we are we're inclusive to everybody but we definitely have that 
that club vibe. You know, we got our regulars who come in. We got shared jokes and one-liners. And um, and a lot of the other comic shops, they do a great job at being family-friendly and, hey, bright and shine. Hey, everybody, look at our website. Hey, look at this thing. Whereas if you see some of our posts are a little snarkier or a mm-hmm, little, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Scott used to get upset with me. He's like, you can't post that. You know, <laughs> he's like, you can't. I'm like, well, this what define curse word, really. You know, but we uh, we're all grownups here. We we get some kids with their families, but predominantly, yeah. I mean, our uh, customer base they're grownups with grownup sensibilities. That's I mean, totally the demographic we have, and uh, it, that was uh, one of the very few mistakes I I thought that Scott had made because he was trying so hard to make this into a a big family friendly store, and. If you have the audience for that, that works. But if that's not the group you have around you, you can't force it to be that. Yeah, kind of on that note, going back to the comic shop in Delaware, they they definitely have cultivated that family atmosphere and they do a lot of events uh, for kids and, you know, they have like teen book nights and, and kids events and things like that. And I, you know, I asked them, you know, what was it that made them you know, pursue that path. And they said they were really responding to the needs of the community. Like people came in and they were asking about it. So it's, yeah, I mean, I agree. If you have the audience and, and there's a demand for something, then it makes a lot of sense. But if you find you don't necessarily have that, you know, you cater to who we, you have. We have right by the front door as you walk in, we have the all ages section. Which is why I put it right up front. So that way, you know, if you don't want to go any further into the bowels of, <laughs> of all the things I carry, you don't have to. Because, I mean, if you make it to the jungle fantasy section, you are all the way in. (laughs) (laughs) The jungle fantasy section. Matt's favorite part of the store. That was a very big improvement that I brought here. Matt I'm very proud of that. Yeah, the one thing that Matt really changed when he took over is uh, he brought in a lot of smut. (laughs) I just, I I just, I knew the audience because I was literally working here, you know, 60 hours a week. So... I knew the audience, I knew everybody, and I knew what they wanted. So I brought in a bunch of the uh, the, the Boundless and, and Avatar comics and a lot more of the adult stuff, and it's worked out very well. They sell. They sell. But yeah, we put them, as you can see, all the way around the other side of the store on a high shelf. Often we have to put post-its on the covers because they're like nudie covers. and you know. Actually, at one point, uh, Zenniscope even called me, and they were like, well, how do you sell so many of our comics? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just know what people want. That's <laughs> Smut. <laughs> His advice to all the other comic shops, stock up on the smut. Any uh, any judgment when, when people are, are buying or ordering that stuff? I remember we would get stuff in like that you know, for certain customers all the time. And, you know, you knew what their tastes were. Not that we judged, but, you know, it was always like, oh, this this guy. <laughs> you know, you know, we're we're all weirdos here. So uh, we're, we're pretty much all into something weird. So I, I, I got to say pretty much nothing shocks me. And, and I don't really have any uh, adverse opinions on anything anybody gets into. Because I'm like, well, you could think the same things about the stuff I like. So well, it doesn't really bother me. People's attitudes are very different. Um, when I worked at Pegasus in the 90s, we kept the adult comics in a couple of long boxes behind the counter. And so you'd get a customer who would come in very sheepishly and be like, um, so <laughs> would you stock um, adult comics? Um, you know, the adult? And other guys would come right in and be like, hey, man, where's, where's the smut? You got any booby books? You know, like, so just people's <laughs> attitudes. It all depends. Yep. But I've got uh, some customers who go, I want every dirty cover you can get me. What's the filthiest cover available? Get me one of those. And yeah. just no shame about it. We're all grown-ups. And we, some, somebody took the time to, to publish this book. So obviously there must be somebody interested in buying it. Hey, it's, and it, that person's name is Matt. It's all art, man. <laughs> it, it, it's all art and it, it all has a place. In Matt's collection. Oh, that's for sure. 
So I'd love to hear more about about this community here at Fat Moose Comics. I mean, what's what's a Wednesday like? I mean, I know obviously busy, but I mean, what's the vibe like in here on on a Wednesday? Well, <laughs> Matt Matt can't be here on Wednesdays anymore. Uh, I, I I still have physical therapy on Wednesdays, so I'm only oh. here for like the first half of them. Before I, uh, as soon as Sean comes in, I have to I have to get out of here fast to head over to therapy. But uh, the guys, I, I get the first what I would call the first wave of Wednesdays is pretty much everybody who's in work and stopping on their lunch break, and they're like, "Oh, I have an hour." <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it's it's great that just the the difference in in the customers we have. I mean, we I've got guys who work on Wall Street. I've got I, I've got lawyers, accountants. I've got guys who work for the town. A lot of cops. Everything. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of cops. A lot of customers are actually in law enforcement. So Some we got we got a lot of PBA cards, man. I could hook you up. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh, <right. laughs> totally hook you up. <laughs> we actually had that too. We had I don't know at least two or three. They were regulars of ours. It's great. I, I, I love it all. I, I, I love the I, I love how so many different people are into the basically the same thing. That, that that's always fascinated me about this business. See, what my favorite thing is since Matt took over and I'm here more and everything is when customers get to know each other. People who would never know yeah. each other out there form friendships in here. And next thing you know, they're loaning each other DVDs or they're, they're talking on Facebook or they're exchanging phone numbers and meeting up. Yeah, and, that's you know, always really cool. I, I love to see the, the different customers. Here's, here's a Wall Street lawyer in his 50s and here's a young guy in his 20s who you know is a landscaper and then suddenly they're bonding over something. And Wednesdays, I look forward to Wednesdays more than any other day of the week, you know. But no, I mean, yeah, that's the really the best part, uh, you know, about working at a store is that, you know, that community sense. And especially on a Wednesday, I do genuinely miss that. I know you're not local, but you feel free to pop in on a Wednesday. <laughs> I, pre no, I appreciate that. I mean, this is about an hour. I mean, it's not uh, oh, that's crazy it. for me. Yeah. You want me to sign you up for a box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you lamenting that you sort of miss being a weekly customer someplace, but you're also sort of don't. I, I've listened to the podcast. Yeah. I know. I tried. I tried again. Yeah. You uh, get the toe back into the pool. Yeah. It was fun for what it was, but I think that time has just passed for me, you know? Yeah, but no, I mean, I would, I would love to come back here, you know, on, on any kind of basis. It'd be fun to hang out and get Jersey Mike's. Oh, one. Jersey Mike's. Yeah, there you go. Actually, we have a really good, uh, Paulie G's, the deli next door to us is really good too. They close at like three o'clock, so uh, I usually okay. miss out on getting their food. Four. Whatever, dude. Because <laughs> every, every time I call at three o'clock, they, they make sure to tell me, oh, we're only open till four. I'm like, I, that's why I'm calling at three. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'd love to hear about some specific customers or specific customer interactions. Anything you guys have that you'd be willing to share? Because that's always, <laughs> you know, I think such a defining part of being at a comic book store is, is dealing with all of these colorful personalities. Yeah, it, it colorful. It is very interesting. That, that is for sure. I mean, yeah, we, we, we always have our favorites. I, I Don't use I, any names. I, yeah. I, <laughs> Do you give I, them nicknames? A couple of them. <laughs> yeah, some of, some of them have nicknames, most Actually, certainly. <laughs> I, had, I had a customer, he, he, since we had to close out his account because he was one of these guys who would be like, oh, can you order me these couple action figures? And they'd come in, he'd buy them eventually, and then he'd come in a week later like, oh, you know, my nephew bought me one of these too. Can I return it for store credit? And we did it a couple of times, and then it became just a habit. You know, and they'd order all these special hardcovers, and then, oh, well, I can't get it this week. I can't get... And... Um, he got very offended one day when I referred to him by his last name. I mentioned to him, I was talking to Matt about him, and I said, oh, so-and-so was asking for this. And he goes, you? You don't even use my first name? 
I, I thought we were friends. I go, dude, I got eight customers with your first name. I can't just say, hey, Matt, so-and-so wants this. I got to use your last name. And he like took it to heart. Like He was like, I thought we were friends. I'm like, we're friends as far as come in and buy the crap you ordered. But like it was just, he was so that sensitive. Man the, that man had to be the biggest pain in the ass <laughs> that I ever had to deal with. Yeah, we don't I, miss him. I don't miss him. The day that he told me to finally cancel out his box, I, I just felt so good. I, felt, I, I almost <laughs> like the, I don't smile and get very happy very much. I'm not a big celebratory guy, but that day there there was a celebration. I because I didn't have to deal with him anymore. And I the, would get these long Facebook messages <laughs> from him, these rambling well, messages. Then Ugh. finding out later that we weren't the only store to have a problem with him was was very vindicating yeah, too. He's kind of infamous in the area. Yeah. <laughs> and the the funny part is we closed out his box so his number was open we got a new customer we gave him that number that's the kid we mentioned earlier who screwed us out of like $600 worth of stuff that's a so curse number it's a curse number we've decided that is a dead box nobody will ever have that box number again there's just no yeah you gotta retire that number <laughs> yeah that number is done that, that is box number 18 just just Ooh, in case he is listening that, oh, is, that is box number 18 that's cold blooded <laughs> I have often thought about somewhat calling out people who screw me on the boxes but i i, I have not so far well you just did but it, well no i mean in name like putting this person on blast uh, I, the one cool thing is that uh we normally do call each other like uh if we get somebody that screws us bad other comic shops in the area will be like hey if this guy comes in don't give him a box he screwed us bad so we, we do share that information with each other because he's like I said, you don't want to have one guy keep going across and screwing everybody out of hundreds of dollars. I mean, this guy at least he eventually got out of your hair. But I mean, have there been customers you've had to to ban or kick out? <laughs> <laughs> we have a gaggle of young kids who come in here, and oh. they're just troublemakers. They come in, obviously not going to buy anything. They immediately split up, so you got to keep your eye on five different areas of the store at once. They make weird noises and do pratfalls and they touch everything. And how much is this? Well, how much is that? Well, how? And it just got to the point. Didn't you? Wasn't there a machete involved? I may have sharpened a a. <laughs> well, but my my old thing used to be um, to intimidate people that I didn't want around. I would take my pocket knife out and start picking my teeth with it, like just... like a hick in the woods or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it, and yeah, it was it was typically a good strategy. But it, you know, I don't. I had to step my game up one time to uh, assist some kids with getting out of here quickly. You had a machete. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Why did? Why was I there a machete? I the machete. The, the machete was here because we needed it for the. Because uh, we needed it. Every comic shop needs a machete. <laughs> That's good advice, right yeah, there. That, what, what are you going to do? Hit them with your fake lightsaber? I'll hit the hell out of them with a fake lightsaber. And you'll get shot. It's a real to me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, the Utes, <laughs> Elon told me a story about a customer he had who shoplifted. It was a teenager who came into the shop in the dead heat of summer wearing a large <laughs> winter coat. I'm, I'm familiar with this story, yes. <laughs> and so Elon was suspicious, but he waited until the kid got outside and then stopped him and, and made him get down to the ground very slowly and uh, lay parallel and open his jacket because he didn't want what was inside to get damaged yes. when it came out. And it turned out this kid had stuffed 75 back issues, bagged and boarded back issues, into his coat. And so Elon said, you know, either give me a number of someone to call or I'm calling the police. So the kid gave Elon uh, his, the mother's number. The mother came. 
she paid. She paid, used her credit card and paid for what the kid had taken. Uh, it was like almost $600 worth of stuff. And then it seemed like that was going to be the end of it. And then, and this was where it got so weird, she insisted that Elon call the police. And he, he said like he was resistant to this, but she really insisted because he, you know, he had gotten the money and that was that. So he, at her insistence, he called the police and they came and frisked him and this kid had a knife. Yeah. And, his dad, and he went to the like juvie. It's not worth it, kids. Stay in school. Don't steal your comics. That was kind of nuts. He also told me about the customer who... Did, wait, wait, wait. Did he tell you about the guy who peed in the store? Yep. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Two times in 10 years and two locations. Two different locations. Yep. Same homeless guy wandered in and just, just peed all over the floor. <laughs> I said to him, I was like, what would you do if this guy showed up in Seattle? Sure, right? <laughs> He's got to go for the hat trick. Oh, my God. There's got to be a train he's living on somewhere these days, right? All right. You know, at the end of our conversation, he was very self-reflective. And he said that, again, the, you know, the pride for it really came through. But he said, you know, the store survived his steep learning curve, his incompetence at times. And, uh, you know, his kind of being less engaged with it, you know, in the in the final, you know, few years. Yeah, you could you could sense he was just kind of drifting from it. You know, he just wasn't reading anything. He was, you know, he's just just kind of coasting. Yeah. But I mean, no small feat, you know, to accomplish what he did and for a store to be around that long. I mean, on on your Facebook page, this is uh, described as New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. He said he's pretty sure it's the oldest. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, to, to our knowledge, the best we know of, we, we are indeed the oldest. Think of this. We're the oldest, but yet newest, because you've only owned it for a year. Very true. So we're the oldest, <laughs> but newest comic yeah. shop in the area. No, that's the thing. Like, that sort of hybrid model is something that I, I do find very interesting, to have such a long-standing store, but with new ownership. You kind of get the maybe the best of both worlds, right? Because you have the goodwill associated with the store, the inventory that comes with it, but the new blood and the new ideas to move the store forward. Yeah, and kind of on that note, so you know, you just passed the thirty-five year mark for you. I mean, one year owning it, but yep. you know, the store's been here thirty-five. Any plans or goals for the months and years ahead? Survival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, survival's pretty much always first and foremost. As uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. You know, all the ins and outs and and the things I have to do. But uh, you know, uh, I'm getting there, and I'm I'm very hopeful. I mean, I don't I don't want to take over the world. I don't want to have a big I'm not a I'm not a money guy. I don't want to have this big multi million dollar comic company. I just I just want to have a place that people enjoy, and that and that's pretty much the bottom line for me. If I can if I can make a little bit of money, so I can you know keep my family healthy and happy and and keep the shop going. That's all I really need. Very cool. Was there anything else that either of you would like to say, Matt? Now's your chance. Uh... Sean is the best employee. Ever. Oh, see, about damn time, sir. There you go. There, oh, pat on the back, even recorded, <laughs> <laughs> recorded for posterity. There you go. Don't edit that part out, please. My yeah. ego, my ego needs it. <laughs> cut, cut it right. I'm out. gonna make that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is the best employee ever. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Is there anything else you would like to say? Uh well, anybody who's gotten through this whole podcast, thank you for your patience. We tend to ramble. But uh, I just want to tell you, man, I've enjoyed all your podcasts. I love what you're doing. I, I love that you're you're doing this. It's there's no money in it, <laughs> so well, you know, not maybe, yet, not yet. But we're we can hope- we can monetize this thing. So. We're hoping to get there. there but will uh, be a Kickstarter coming soon. Good. Uh, we'll, we'll be fully on board. But no, I, I really enjoy what you're doing. I've listened to every episode, as you know, and uh, 
I'm just glad somebody's doing it, man. Comic shops, you know, it's it's not an easy thing. It's, no, it's it, it, it is a business. great thing what you're doing. Any anybody that has an interest and actually cares about the industry, I think it's a wonderful thing. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, thank no you. Problem. Uh, so thank you guys, both of you, for being on the show. It was thank great, you. Great thank speaking you. with you. The journey continues. Today I am at Dewey's Comic City in Madison, New Jersey, and I am joined by the store's owner, Dan Veltri. Dan, Hi. welcome. Hi, thanks a lot. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so I'm very excited to be here and to be able to talk to you about your store. Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this month you will be celebrating your 26th anniversary? 26, yeah. In fact, in about a week, you know, we'll be 26 years old. So. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. So the store where I worked, my comic shop, uh -huh. uh, had it not closed a couple of years ago, uh, this past June would have been 25 years. Okay. Uh, so, you know, congratulations on well, 26. Thank you. That's, you thank know, that's you no small much. feat. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. We're pretty happy about it. Now, am I correct? You are the sole owner of the store? I am the sole owner. And yep. have you always been? Yep. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. that's, yep, uh, I have. You know, much to my wife's chagrin, uh, <laughs> you know, I am, uh, I'm it, you know, so. Yeah, you know. that's a substantial run, especially for a sole owner. Well, is it really? I, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm feeling every bit of it. You know, I'm feeling my age, you know, I'm, I'm almost 68, so I am feeling it, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's still fun, so. So you're actually one of the more veteran retailers I'm speaking to this season. So there are a number of things that I, I want to touch on with you. Sure. Where does the name Dewey's Comic oh, City come from? I love when people ask me this. I really do. Um, my wife and I sat down and uh, tried to think of names. I didn't want to name it Madison's Comic Store. I didn't want to name it after myself. Um, that seemed too... It seemed like something set up for failure, okay? So I wanted something that reflected comics. Now, you might not think of it today as reflecting comics, but back then, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> sure. By the way, Disney Company, this is not the truth, but, uh, you know, was, was a name that people associated kind of with comics and animation and, and that 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 type of uh, that type of uh, genre. I wouldn't worry about Disney. They're not known for being like no, no, not at all. No. Um, so uh, after a, trying out a couple names, uh, I almost named it after my dog. I almost named it Paradise Comics, but my wife said that sounded like a porno shop. Um, so we settled <laughs> on uh, we settled on Dewey's uh, Dewey's Comic City because I thought it rolled off the tongue easy. I thought it was a fun name, kind of kind of silly, you know. Um, so that's how it came about. Do people just assume your name is Dewey? Yeah, a lot, all the time. And for the long time, because I didn't want to go into the long involved story, I used to say it's a college nickname. It's not. It 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 was <laughs> thought of intentionally. Now I don't mind talking about it, but back then it was just you know, God, everybody would ask me about it. But anyway. So, like I said at the top, you are one of the the more veteran retailers I'm talking to this season. There's some others who have been on the yep. show who have been mm -hmm. doing this for for, for mm -hmm. decades as well, mm -hmm. but. You know, while I have you here, I kind of wanted to pick your brain about some of the changes in the industry that you've seen. Because since since the time you opened the store, you know, the rise of social media, the proliferation of all of these superhero movies mm -hmm. and TV shows, mm -hmm. digital comics, mm -hmm. the implementation of practices like final order cutoffs, mm -hmm. uh, Diamond introduced their point of sale system. Mm -hmm. Speaking mm -hmm. of Diamond, I mean, you saw the emergence of Diamond as the comics distributor. Yep. Mm -hmm. All of these things that you've seen... And I, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain. I mean, generally speaking, you know, how have you weathered these things? And then specifically, have any of those in particular affected you more than more than others on it, like on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, obviously, um, 
I would say that the digital probably has had the biggest effect, both positive and negative. It's negative because uh, obviously I'm competing with more and bigger entities, you know, Amazon, some of the online retailers, Midtowns, things like that. Um, but it's positive because we have found, and it holds true to this day, that people will use a digital as an entry point into comics. And once they've experienced some comics or experienced reading some of this stuff, uh, it's not enough for them. They, they want to come in and they want to talk comics and want to look at comics, things like that. As far as the movies go, you know what? I've, I've never been a... I've never been... It's, it's great that movies expose people to these characters, okay? But outside of a handful of movies, nobody came in and said, hey, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Give me every Spider-Man book you got, okay? People don't do that anymore, okay? Batman movie had an effect. Sin City had an effect. Scott Pilgrim had an effect. But beyond those, not so much, you know? Um um, so I, you know, again, I, I always tell people, uh, movies don't sell comic books, comic books, good comic books sell comic books, you know? So, um, and that, and that's the way I feel about it. Um, as far as other things, you know, I mean, we've weathered all the, uh, re the, uh, distributor wars. I started out with, uh, Heroes World. Um, then when Heroes World split, uh, was bought by Marvel, um, I was dealing with uh, with Marvel directly, and uh, and then I had to go to Diamond for some things because they went exclusive. I, you know what? I am not as negative to to Diamond as a lot of uh, retailers are. I think they move a tremendous amount of product in a very short amount of time, with really very marginal errors. I mean, there's there's not. I mean, when you look at the amount of product they have to move in such a short time, it's really not not terrible. Are some of their practices curious? Yeah. You know, um, every once in a while we'll get a box with one comic in it. And you go, wait, <laughs> shouldn't there be somebody there that said, you know. But you know what? Um, we do stupid things, too. Everybody does stupid things. Things happen, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't have as much of a fault with them. I, I, you know, that's about, about it. If I can give a plug for anything, it would be uh, the Comic Pro Association. Uh, I'm a member of that, and um, it's a it's a it's a group of about 200 retailers. Some of the, and I'm not including my, my me in here. I'm saying some of the uh, the better retailers in in the industry, and you can get to pick their brains with it. Okay, through Facebook, through contact, through uh, the group meetings. It's been a tremendous resource and a, a good way to bounce bounce uh, information off of people so uh if there's a retailer listening to this they should really look into comic pro yeah it is a great organization mm -hmm. can you pinpoint anything specifically that you, yeah. you garnered for them that oh, you yeah. implemented yeah the the oh that i've implemented geez there's or, so or many just things. in general you know we do every uh, every um at the end of every um month right before we do the order form there's a posting on what do you think is good what do you think is hot where do you see a problem i, I refer to that regularly i mean i refer to that um when placing my order so yeah i mean i just there alone just the ability to you know there's been a lot of discussion about the hologram um uh, variants that marvel is coming out with and the marvel legacy there's been a discussion for the last two weeks about how people are ordering what they're planning to do we can't talk price but we can talk about how we're going to be uh, dealing with stuff you know um i just find it just 
so valuable, you know, and it does have an impact on retailers. Uh, our comments and the, and the, uh, we reached out to Marvel, uh, regarding some of the, um, meat and exceed, uh, variants and uh, Marvel has made some changes in that. So it does, it does have an impact. You know, again, I, I, I really think it's a great organization. If you're a comic retailer, you should be involved in it. So. Do you find other retailers looking to you for guidance since you have been doing this so long? Occasionally. You know, um, I, usually it's old customers that want to open up a store, you know. But no, I mean, uh, you know, my, <laughs> my, my competitors are all, you know, fairly experienced around here. Um, occasionally we'll talk about stuff, but uh, we don't get together like we used to a few years ago. If we're at a convention together, we'll talk and bitch or complain or gloat one or the other but uh but um yeah no it's i i can't say people reach out that yeah no that's fine do you attend the retailer breakfasts and, and other i am like a sucker for that yeah. shit let me tell you i yeah yeah you know something like the organization that you're discussing i think it's it's very important to have an organization like that because the you know i, I like to describe the retailers as as the boots on the ground mm-hmm. in this industry and you have these publishers, you know, DC and Marvel specifically, that are part of these gigantic corporate machines. You have a distributor that has a monopoly over this, mm-hmm. and then you have all of these retailers. Yeah. So the fact that there's some form of, of organization and collaboration, I think, is, is important. It's and, critical. And the funny thing is, um, by our nature, comic retailers are mavericks. You know, they're, um, we didn't open up stores so that we could report to other people. Um, so, um, so we like to go our own way as much as we can. So sometimes it's hard to get, um, you know, diverse opinions about certain things, you know, or people willing to open up as to their practices, not with comic pro. Um, I said this, the, the first comic pro, uh, meeting I went to, I said was the best trade show I was ever at. Cause I never met so many retailers who were uh, willing to be open and discuss their practices and how they did things. And I, that was awesome. That was eye-opening for me. So so you mentioned that you uh, tend to have a pretty favorable attitude towards towards Diamond, it seems. But I, I, I do. Huh? But I am curious, on the, the Diamond level and the publisher level, are there any particular practices that you would hope either or both of them would implement that would make your life easier? I, I dislike the way... Uh, FOC has been manipulated by re- by the publishers these days. Um, FOC was designed when comics were monthlies so that you had your information at least by the time the third issue came out, often by the time the first issue came out. FOC fi- referring to final uh, order final cutoff. Final order cutoff, right, okay. Um, which is where we finalize our orders uh, that we placed earlier in the previous month. Most publishers uh, are part of it now. But a couple of publishers, particularly the two big, the two big ones, uh, tend to manipulate it. I think by um, by these twice a month publishing books, it's they're really a problem. I'm ordering issue five and six before I see the before sometimes before the first one has come out. You know, so so that, that becomes a that becomes a real problem. And I've got I've got six months worth of. You know, uh, I've got six uh, issues worth of uh, product sitting on my shelf. You know, so. Um, I, I don't like the way they manipulate that, and um, I'm not really sure who to blame on that, whether it's Diamond or the publishers. I, get, I guess it's a little bit of both. As far as Diamond, you know, I can't really pinpoint one thing. Uh, you know, the, I haven't had a customer service rep in, God, I don't know, maybe six months, where someone I could just call up and right. talk to about, okay? 
Um, I miss that personal touch, but I, I, I'm getting the impression that customer service reps are going by the board these days. You know, if there's an email you can call in. On the other side, not every retailer's experience is the same, but um, uh, I've never had a problem when I call up Diamond and said, I didn't get this, or this is damaged, or this is broken. I mean, I don't want to come across like I'm a Diamond suck up, but I just, you know... Um, no, if that's what your company, experience has been, yeah, that's fine. big company, I think they do a pretty decent job. Again, um, I am not as unhappy as some people are. It could be worse, you know? So, On the publisher, publisher side, mm-hmm. I know you, you touched on the twice a month mm-hmm. shipping. Mm-hmm. Things like these, and again, in the time that you've been doing this, you've seen countless uh, reboots and relaunches. We're in you know, the middle of, of a current wave where DC mm-hmm. has their rebirth initiative. Marvel mm-hmm. has Legacy coming out. Whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, what is your feeling towards these reboots and relaunches? I mean, do you find that they, they help business? Do they, I mean, what, like, what effect things. have you seen? Okay, as a fan, I hate it. But I do recognize that I'm 68 years old and there's no reason anybody should be beholden to the continuity or the concepts that, you know, I like 40 or 50 years ago. Um, As far as reboots go, um, I like them when they sell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like them so much when they don't sell, you know. You need to, you know, it's just like the record industry or any other industry that deals with pop culture. You need to keep refreshing your product. You need to keep... I, I don't think you have to reboot everything every time. Uh, I, I don't consider Rebirth or Reboot so much as a course correction. Mm-hmm. They did the new 52 and said, oh, we screwed up. Okay. And they kind of just did a course correction because so much of what's happening now, I mean, reflects the, pre, the pre-52. As far as Marvel's legacy, we'll see. Right now, I am not a, as high on it as other people are. I mean... I know they're renumbering some books, but um, they don't seem to be addressing the issues that I have with it. And that's, and that's that their core characters, the characters that they feature in the movies, are not in print. You know, So it's tough for me to sell Hulk when Hulk is some kid with pointy hair, You know, when Thor is uh, Jane Foster. I love Jane Foster, but Thor is... Thor, you know, so I want the characters that are in the movies to sell. So the the the, the jury's still out on legacy. We'll see, you know. The the I the probably again the thing uh, that drives me crazy about the, especially about Marvel, less to a lesser extent to DC today, is not so much the uh, uh, reboots but the variant covers, uh, and their meet and exceeds. And you know, if you order a uh, half a gazillion, you can order some of these. Well, if I order those, people are going to buy them and not the half a zillion that I bought before, you know. So uh, variants are really the bane of our existence, and we've really worked real hard to to wean ourselves off of them. You know, we don't do any of the median exceed, which means that if you order this much, you can buy as many as you want of this. We'll do some of the, um, some of the ratio variants, um, but only if I really like the art. Yeah, now the variant scheme that has come up in a number of episodes, mm-hmm. that frustration is definitely one shared by your fellow mm-hmm. retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, from my own perspective, again, I don't deal with any of the ordering of it, but it, it seems to me unnecessarily complicated. Yes. And, and putting a burden on retailers that doesn't need to be there. We jokingly call it Marvel math. You know, I mean, you have to sit down, 
Every time you do an order form, you have to devote X amount of time to Marvel, figuring out what you qualify for and what you don't qualify so you don't miss anything that's important. Yeah, the, 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 yes, it becomes a, a real hassle and a problem when you're doing your order form. As far as the, you know, things like Rebirth or, or mm -hmm. Legacy, what mm -hmm. sort of sort of feedback are you getting from your customers? Do people seem excited about it? Are they adding these books to their list, dropping them? What, what are you finding? Uh, Rebirth did very well and continues to do well. The numbers are certainly above um, above New 52, the last year in New 52. There are some failures and, and some great successes. Superman's, you know, never been selling better. The fact that I love it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't count. So, I, I mean, the feedback on that is fine as far as I can see, and it doesn't, and it seems positive overall. And what about independence? I mean, how, mm -hmm. you know, how heavy do you go on, on things like that? Because, you know, there, I mean, there's so much out there. I mean, do you try to carry everything or, you know, well, certain things you know that what? you can't get um, to? I do try to carry most everything that doesn't look like a vanity project. But, you know, the reality is I only have so much shelf space. I will say that I have less rope with the independence. You know, if you don't sell something reasonable within three issues, you're off the rack, you know. And, you know, with some of these independents, some of them don't sell at all. One name. If I get to issue two and I've had a had issue one on the rack for five weeks, you're done. Uh, as you're, you know, going through the order form, I'm sure that, uh, you know, one of your starting points or maybe the starting point is your uh, your base of, of reservists. Mm -hmm. Would you mm -hmm. mind explaining a little bit about how your, your system works? I believe they're, they're called insiders. Is I do right? call them insiders. Uh, most people call it pull and hold. You know, again, insiders is grandfathered in from back in the day. You know, 25 years ago, it was, um, I tried to, I tried to deal with it more as a club type of atmosphere. It's just terminology. They're pulling whole customers. They are the backbone of what I place my orders on. I've got my reserve number one. He's the first, uh, first pulling whole customer that ever opened an account with me is still an account with me 26 years later. He, um, at my first location, there was this knock at the door, and this little kid knocked on the door and said, are you opening a comic book store, mister? And I said, yes, I am. And uh, I gave him, a, I gave him a, an insider form or a, a subscription form, brought it back, and he's been with me 26 years later. I've been through high school, college, college football with him, um, postgraduate work, his marriage, you know, the whole bit, but he's still here. That's really nice. Yeah, That's really great cool. to hear. Yeah, it is cool. So, so as, as we kind of wind down here, mm -hmm. again, just, uh, you know, looking at the industry, looking at other stores, a lot of the people I've been talking to on the show, um, you know, there are some newer retailers there are who are opening stores from scratch, but then mm -hmm. also new retailers who are taking over existing stores. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, are you are you keeping an eye on other other stores out there? New yeah, or I old? Do. I mean, are there things that you're seeing at other stores okay. that you try to emulate? Oh, sure. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I like to tell people I go on my comic tour. Um, yeah, and like, I visit, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I, I visit uh, all my competitors, yeah, pop in and say hi, take a look at what they're doing. I never pass a comic store on vacation or that I don't go to, you know, don't go into my wife and I vacation in the area in Florida regularly that doesn't have a comic book store. So we drive to Jacksonville, which is about 45 minutes, just to check out the comic stores because you can gleam a little bit from everybody, you know. Um, there's really nothing new under the sun. We're all selling the same product. It's just how we do it, you know. I mean, 90% of what I sell in my store, everybody gets from Diamond. So, you know, yeah, yeah. My wife used to hate to go shopping with me because she would go shopping 
And I'd be sitting there looking at displays going, how can I make that work in my store? She said, Dan, you never relax. Take it easy. Come on, can't you just shop? Yeah, I'm shopping, you know. But you're always looking. You're always trying to get ideas. It doesn't have to be a comic retailer. It can be any place. Right. You know, so. I mean, are there any features or practices you've encountered somewhere that, that really struck you and that you, you tried to implement here? Hmm. Or maybe the flip of that. I mean, is there anything, or I, if, I don't know if you want to reveal, but mm-hmm. I mean, anything that you do here that you really feel is distinct, like you don't always encounter it at other places you go? Well, I think we're, we're okay. First of all, if I could do one thing, I think I mentioned this before, if I could do one thing better, um, it would be more back issues. I would be more uh, aggressive uh, with back issues. Also, I'm a little tight space-wise in the front. I'd like to do some reorganization. I think that's in the, my future in the next year or so. So, so there are things I'd like to improve upon. One of the things I pride myself in is that we, we, we're fairly well organized, okay? I have distinct uh, sections for independence. I have an artist and, and uh, creator section. I have a biography and history section. Uh, I have what I call the classics, which are Kirby, Eisner, that group of people. I can't say that moves a lot of people. you got to be old like me to like them, okay? But... And then we have our A to Z superheroes and, and mainstream stuff. We have a section for, uh, for comic strips. We have the younger uh, uh, readers section. Um, you have candy. I have candy. Yeah. I've always had candy. You know. So. You don't find that at too many stores. At really? least I haven't. Really? No. Yeah. No, we have candy. We do a little bit of cards, you know, stuff like that. But again... The focus is we try to keep the focus primarily on comics and graphic novels. What what might the future hold for Dewey's? I mean, any plans for retirement, expansion, succession, any anything oh, along please, those lines? Good Lord, let me retire someday. You know what? I have no specific plans to retire, but I am 68, and I can't see doing this when I'm 78. So at some point in time, I suppose I'm going to retire I am kind of having too much fun to stop right now. You know, there are stresses and there are um, and there are um, issues to deal with. But I'm kind of having a lot of fun right now. And unless somebody knocked me over, I don't think I would be. I don't think I'm ready to give up the ghost yet. You know, so. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you to everyone who listened. My Comic Shop History will be back with a new episode in two weeks. Next week, it's an all-new episode of my other podcast, Flat Squirrel Tales Beyond My Comic Shop. Uh, So be sure to tune in for that. See you back here in two weeks. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel.